Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this sermon would be a blessing to you. For many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. So he's not going to Rome. He's going to Spain. And Rome just happened to be in the way as he goes. And so he's going to stop off there and spend some time with them. And he, 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 he's pretty sharp here about it, but uh, there are other passages in which he really talks about wanting to spend time with them, wanting to share uh, with, with them about the Lord and that kind of thing. He spent some time doing that, but it's going to Spain. Now let's go back to one of the maps, if you don't mind. See, do we have a map of Spain? Let's go back and look at some of them anyway. Uh, no, we didn't get that far. Go back... Uh, no, we didn't get that far. I, we may not have any on here. Go go back again. Is that pretty much it? Go yeah. Go go back some more. If if we can get pull back from that, I want you to see where where Spain is. If we don't have it there either, okay. We're not going to get one. They say, can can some of you get? Uh, uh, a picture in your head about this here. If you uh, ex extend westward, Spain is at the very end. Yeah, yeah, Spain is at the very end where the Atlantic Ocean is. And so what Paul, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Uh, and we just happened to have the chance a few years ago to, to go there. Uh, we tagged along. It was actually my granddaughter's graduation present, and so we we just tagged along, and we got to go along and spend some time in Spain. I got to uh, Barcelona uh, and Madrid. And okay, but if you if you go uh, westward in in the Mediterranean, uh, the last thing down there, of course, is Portugal now. But in that time, it was Spain. Uh, there was no Portugal. And so what Paul's saying is, I've got some part of the world that I haven't covered with the gospel, and that's where he wants to go. Now, there is a tradition, and you need to be aware of this, okay? Uh, especially if somebody wants to really discuss Paul with you, uh, you. There's a tradition that he went to Spain. And it gets more complicated. <laughs> Uh, hopefully I'll remember to bring it up when we talk about the imprisonment, okay? But we, we should discuss uh, the imprisonment tonight. Uh, there's a tradition, and of course you can, you can see why a church would want to, to say that Paul was here, you know, Paul stopped by here, and so th there, there's a, a motivation to, to begin a tradition but you have to get that information. You don't get it from Luke uh, or from Paul. Uh, you, you have to get that from the early church fathers, which means you're, you're not dealing with scripture there. You're dealing with the tradition. And sometimes traditions can be sneaky and slippery and all those kinds of things to, to get a hold of, okay? So uh, if, if, if you say Paul actually made it to Spain, okay. I get that. Uh, you'll have to fit it in somewhere in the time schedule. Um, and for certain, 
Uh, Luke does not have it. Uh, and and uh, we'll, that comes up with, with some other things too. But uh, Luke doesn't have it. And when I say Luke doesn't have it, I mean the book of Acts where you would expect that to come up. Uh, he doesn't have it. So you, you have to get this from here, which we, we read the text on that, okay, on Spain uh, in, in Romans. And it just to kind of say, I, uh, he's going to stop by the, uh, to see the Romans as he's on his way to Spain. Um, guys like me doesn't think he made it that far. Okay, he didn't get there. All right? But I simplify things. I, I want to just simplify things. And uh, so I got to watch that I don't do that. But so I can't get really dogmatic about it. Um, but, but for me, he didn't make it to Spain. Okay? Well, go ahead. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. But I wanted us to get in our mind that what Paul was thinking of is he's got the gospel, he wanted to take it to the Gentiles, he ran out of places to go where, where the gospel has not been preached, okay, and Spain would be on his radar, put it that way. Okay, Spain was on his radar, that's what he wanted to do. Uh, but, uh, and it's good that you should have aspirations that will outlive you. That's good. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. The, when, I, when I used the known world, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yes, exactly. I, I, I think that was really on his mind. Um, there's no parts here that haven't been touched with the gospel. Even Rome has been touched with the gospel. There's already a church there. And so where does he want to go? He wants to follow his normal passion, which is to take the gospel to a place that has not been preached. And that's what he was wanting to do. And Spain would, would, be, that, would be that place. Okay, uh, that's uh, our first discussion. Let me just take a glance here. Um, tradition. Yeah, he'd had to done this in the year of 62 is what he'd had to done if you fit it in there. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to that with our next point. And the next, next point is Paul's imprisonment. And the reason I wanted to uh, single out this uh, by itself is um, because there's that thought that there are two imprisonments. And uh, again, um, it's, it, it's, to me, it's not that clear in the book of Acts that there was two imprisonments. I, I can't find it, okay? Um, but what they do is, is and, and some really bright people do this, okay? Some really bright people, what they do is they have the imprisonment of Paul, then they have him released, and then arrested again, and then executed, all right? And in those years that he is in release is, is in Spain, uh, they say he, he goes to Spain, okay? Um, okay. I'm not, I'm not sure with that, okay? I'm not sure. So let's see. Let's read this uh, 25. Now, however, I'm on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people. Now, if you're not aware, that is where he's arrested, at least for the first time, if you have uh, to... But the first time, he, he's going to be arrested in Jerusalem. That, okay. 
uh, for uh, Macedonia and Achaia were uh, pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed, they, they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessing, they owe it to the Jews to share with them in the material blessing. See his argument? Uh, now the, the Gentiles in the gospel are sharing with the Jewish blessing, spiritual blessing. Uh, all right, if you do that, then you should share with them in the uh, physical blessing. And of course, that, that's the offering that they were taking up because there was a famine in uh, Jerusalem. And Paul, I think. Now, when I say this stuff, I'm trying to look into the mind of Paul. Maybe not a good idea, okay? But let me venture there anyway. He, he thinks that if he takes this offering to the Jews, this will soften their hearts to the church and to Gentiles. I think that's what he's got in his mind. Okay, Remember, he's not called to the Jews, but he has a love for them. And uh, he states that love in Romans chapter 9. Uh, where he says, I would that I would be accursed from Christ, meaning that I would go to hell. And that if, if my brothers in the flesh could be saved. So he, he, he was saying about his love. And, uh, and when you're reading the book of Acts, I don't know what you do, okay, but I'm reading the book of Acts and Paul's turned this, he's going to go to Jerusalem and and I, and I say, no, don't go. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I think it was Agabus. Was, was it Agabus who told him? Agabus, you know, was one of those prophets that acted out his message. So he tied himself up with a, with a belt. And he said, now this is what's going to happen to you if you go to Jerusalem. And what did Paul do? He went to Jerusalem anyway. And, uh, and, and, and you can see here that, that he's writing them. He's telling them right now. I'm getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And there's where he's arrested. Okay, let's go to the next uh, slide. <clears throat> so after I have completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and to visit you on the way. Well, we read that, didn't we? I, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggles praying to God for me. Oh, boy. Do we have, we have another one, another slide to go. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy, my my God's will, by, by God's will, and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. So you can see his intentions there. And even though you're, that you have people all along, now when he gets together, he's going to go to Jerusalem. You got people all along the way saying, Paul, don't go. Paul, don't go. Paul, and I think his love for the Jewish people drives him so that he's going to go, well, he goes anyway. He, he, he just goes anyway. What happens to him there? 
instead of any of their hearts being turned around, instead of them being softened by this great effort that the Gentiles have taken on their, on their behalf, uh, they harden their hearts and uh, they erupt in a riot and they blame him for taking a Gentile into the temple, which I don't think he did, and there's no evidence in our text that he actually did that. Uh, now, you know, in a temple doesn't mean you can't come in to the courtyard where they sell uh, 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 sacrifices and that kind of thing. You, you know, you, a Gentile could come in there, okay? And that was the one that uh, Jesus cleansed uh, was, was that area there where the sacrifices were sold. And the only place in the temple complex that a Gentile could go. And I personally, I think that's what Jesus cleansed it for, is they were taking up the space that belonged to the Gentile, or at least the only place the Gentile could go, as close as they could get to God. And that's the way they would, would see that in the temple. Uh, so, and, and, and so they, they actually turn on him, actually turn on him. I love that place where he quiets the crowd and he, he asks the soldier, can I speak to them? And he quiets the crowd and he starts talking to, to them in Aramaic and they all listen because that's what they spoke. And they all start listening to him and he, he preaches this whole sermon to them. Now he's, un, he's, he's incarcerated under arrest, preaching to a crowd that wanted to kill him and they're quiet and they're listening and they listen until, you know this is coming, don't you? Until he mentioned the Gentiles. And when he does, it just all erupts again and they gotta put him under house arrest just to protect him. Uh, otherwise, uh, the, the crowd will just kill him. And then you got, you know, I, don't, I don't need to, rattle on about this, but this, this part of it, there was a bunch of guys who had promised God that they would not eat or drink until they killed Paul. <laughs> I bet they're thirsty. <laughs> I bet they're thirsty by now. I bet they broke that vow. Okay. Um, that got us there. All right. Um, so Paul's in, in prison there. He goes from here to Caesarea. No, yeah, Caesarea. Uh, and he, he is judged by Felix uh, in, uh, uh, I think it's Caesarea, or, or one of the two, Jerusalem, okay? And uh, they don't do anything with him. They, they can't really find him guilty. There's charges against him, and the lawyers are following him around, making these charges, um, but they, they make the charge. So then he goes to uh, Caesarea, and there he's judged by Festus. Not like gun smokes Festus. <laughs> this Festus didn't ride a mule, as far as we know. <laughs> and... Festus doesn't know what to do with him, I think, okay? Then Agrippa comes. Uh, oh, Paul makes his appeal to go to Rome, under, on, actually under Festus' judgment, makes the appeal to go to Rome uh, to, to be judged. And Agrippa, he gets a chance to have an audience with Agrippa, and of course he takes it, and there he gives his testimony and that kind, that kind of thing. 
and then Agrippa doesn't do anything with him either. I think these guys were looking for a bribe, and that's why they're dragging their feet, uh, looking for a bribe. Uh, guys, I'll tell you that, well, I like America, and one of the things that we don't like in America is bribery. And I can't tell you how important that is for a culture and for a people uh, to not have a place for bribes. Once, you, once that enters, um, I was working as a chaplain at the racetrack, and there was a Hispanic there. Um, I want to say he was from Colombia, but I'm not sure. It wasn't Mexico that he was from. And he was working, of course, with the horses, which uh, uh, they, they did uh, very well but he couldn't drive because he had his license taken away from him. He had a DWI. I, well, I call them DWIs. I don't think they call them that anymore. Um, and I said, well, why don't you clear that up? Why don't you, you know, he's making money. He's doing well. And he said, well, okay. And so uh, he got his ticket and everything. And I said, I'll go to court with you. And so I went to court. And, of course, you don't necessarily see the judge unless you have to, if you have to, you, you do, okay? But the court clerks and that kind of thing will take care of it if they can, and that's what they did. They, I wouldn't say it was like $320 or, you, you remember, Joan, somewhere around that figure. Uh, he had the money, and you could tell that he was just mad as could be. You, 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 you can tell that. Uh, and I didn't say anything around the court with him, you know, but I, when we got outside, I said, what's the matter with you? He says, just makes me mad that that judge will take this money and go right home with it. I said, oh, no, not in America. And this, this, was, uh, you know, this was after they did away with all injustice of the peace, them old crooked guys, you know, did away with them. I said, he'll never see a dime of that money. Uh, that, that will go into the state coffers, and he'll never see a dime of that money. He's got a salary. And if he gets caught taking bribes, I didn't do this to him, okay? But if he gets caught taking bribes, that's really a serious choice. I just want to say that you can see here in the text how awful it is to have bribes. It, it, I mean, it's just awful. And that means to, uh, they did an interview with uh, someone that was trying to escape Ukraine, okay? And it was, was a lady, and, and uh, she said that the guards won $100, for her to get out of the country. Oh, boy. That's awful. That's awful. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, but, okay, Paul arrested, and he, he, and he asked to go to Rome to be judged. Now, how come he can do that? He's a Roman citizen. And because he, he was born a Roman citizen, he can make certain appeals, okay? And that's why the, the uh, a centurion treated him different back there in Jerusalem, too, is because found out he was a Roman citizen. You can't be flogging a Roman citizen. You can flog all these other people you want, but you can't flog a Roman citizen. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so uh, that gives uh, some idea of his imprisonment, okay? And I'm, I'm saying that he's imprisoned. He goes to Rome, and when he gets to Rome... He can have a room uh, for himself if he has the money to pay for a guard. 
Uh, they will allow that until he gets a court date with, uh, with the emperor, okay? Uh, and, and that's what he does. And he, he, he writes many of his letters from there. Uh, there's what they call the prison letters. You can look that up sometime. And um, I'm going to say there's seven of them, but I don't know. I can't call them right off uh, my, my mind now, okay? But, but uh, they, they know that those were written from prison, okay? And I'm just going to uh, make it simple on myself, just have that one imprisonment, okay? And so once he's in prison, he doesn't, he doesn't have freedom to move about in the world as he, as he had before, okay? All right, now, we cannot talk about Paul, I don't think, without talking about Phoebe. And uh, how many of you met Phoebe before? Oh, I love Phoebe. I, I hope you learn to love her too, okay? Uh, I, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Centuria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help that she may need from you. For she has been a benefactor of many people, including me. Okay, that's... That's just beautiful, isn't it? Do we just have, yeah, two. Okay, uh, one and two. Uh, if you don't know, Phoebe is almost certain, mostly certain that she was the one that carried the letter of Romans from Corinth to Rome. Can you imagine in that day and time entrusting a woman with this magnificent document and to take it that far from Centuria, or should I say Corinth, okay, that's where it was written. She's from Centuria. And there was some reason why Paul picked her out to take that letter there. And he's telling them that she should be received now, some of your translations will not have the word deacon there. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, I, they, when they come to that text, that, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it just, th this is just a wonderful open text, and thank God it is said that we can get some reflection here, Okay. And just, and I love talking about these texts, okay? So give me, give me a minute, okay? I hope it helps you. You see the word deacon there? That is probably a masculine form. And this is a, she, she's a female. But most, it, what happened, we think, and I agree with this, obviously, or I wouldn't go into de this detail, is that the, the reason she's called a deacon is it's already, the, the deacon is already developed into an official office in the church, and so it goes under that name. And that's why it doesn't say deaconess here, okay? Although it would be all right to even say that now, right? <clears throat> so we, we know what deacon, now I'm from, I have a Baptist heritage, that's where I, I come from that, okay? I'm not sure I'm proud of that, but 
Just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> oh, you love this. You love this. So I'm preaching one Sunday morning, and I got done preaching and went to the back. You knew how people come by. And they were generally nice and, you know, give you compliments, which is fine, you know, and I'll take those. And so I'm back there, and she says, one of the ladies, oh, by the way, there are certain people in church you listen to when they talk to you. Amen. Others you don't have to listen to. <laughs> but some people you do. This was one you did. And uh, they call it tiptoeing through the tithers. <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad about her. Okay, just to tell you, if you don't know that as a pastor, you probably ought to hang it up and go home. Yeah. I'm just telling you that, okay? You, you get used to that. And where was I going to do it with that? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she says to me, now the Baptist convention had just met in St. Louis, the national convention. I didn't go to it, but they met there. And it was about 35 miles from this church where, where they met. And that week they had voted that women cannot be preachers in the church or deacons. That's a national convention voted that. So she looks me, and we were Southern Baptist. She looks me in the eye and she said, Barry, tell me you're not sending, we're not sending any money to the Southern Baptist Convention. I said, we're not sending any money to the Baptist Convention. She's a great person, okay? And, but, but I just want to tell you, that was a church I was in. So it was good for me. It was wonderful for me, okay? Because uh, we had women deacons and all that kind of stuff. Well, we had them before. I, I had them in the church I previously pastored before I went there, okay? Uh, and, and what it is is that, that she may, using this word here for her, doesn't restrict her to what we call the deacon's office. She might have been a minister of the church of Sedgeria. Okay, the, the language would allow that. I'm just telling you the language allows that. If you know what I mean, how I say language would allow that. Oh, so that's a possibility uh, that she was uh, maybe even the pastor of that church. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, and that's, that's the wonderful person that transported that document from Corinth over to Rome. But what a wonderful, just a wonderful person. Wouldn't you love to meet her? Yeah. When, I don't know what you do when you meet people like that, but I get close to them if I can, and maybe that'll rub off on me. I do. I want to shake hands with them and, and meet them and that kind of thing. I'll, I'll kind of ease my way through a crowd if I think there's somebody I ought to be meeting. Oh, by the way, John was one of those guys. Yeah. Your, 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 your father-in-law was one of those guys. I said, I, there's a guy I know something, a guy I want to meet. He has a, just a wonderful spirit about him. Okay, uh, so that, that would be a lady I would love, love to meet, and uh, maybe some of her courage uh, would rub off on me um, because that's quite courageous to start a journey like that in that day and on those roads, okay? All right, now, I wanted to deal with this. Uh, Confidence, Paul's confidence.
Um, oh, yeah, there's a word confidence. Though I myself have reason for such confidence, you see. We're, we're talking about where you find confidence. What, what, do, you, what do you find confidence in? Uh, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. There you go. Yeah, there's a guy's confident, huh? Yeah. Uh, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. What's, it, what, what's he saying there? Hmm? Yes. Raised as a strict Jew from before he could make any determination for himself, circumcised the eighth day. From the and he knows he even knows what tribe he's from, the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. A very difficult task to achieve. You it may sound like you know. It, it's simple. It's not a very difficult and tedious task to uh, get there. As for zeal, that is wanting to serve God and having the energy to do it, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based in the law, faultless. That's quite a claim. Uh, although the rich young ruler made the same claim when he, uh, when, when, Jesus, when he talked to Jesus and he, he said, uh, Jesus gave him a few of the Ten Commandments and he said, I followed these from uh, youth up. And you got no reason to argue with him. I mean, I don't know. Paul said he did too, that he was faultless at that. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. Why would we get rid of all those things? Yes. You see, you have to get rid of all of those things to have Christ come into your life. You can't have those things and have Christ. So what he's saying here is given up all the things that meant anything to him in terms of confidence in the flesh. Why would that give, why would these things give confidence in the flesh? Because then you prove yourself a Jewish person and a Jewish person is loved by God and Gentiles are hated. By God. And uh, you, by the way, uh, you'll see this through, throughout uh, the Old Testament played out time and time again. You see it played out as Paul preaches there in Jerusalem uh, when he's under arrest and he preaches and everything goes good until he mentioned the Gentiles and then everything blows up. And you see the same thing there. But Paul says, all of this, okay, let's go to the next. Do we have another, do I have another slide up there? Is that it? Okay. Uh, now, here, let's say, this is a trick question, I have to, but I have to do this. I really should do this. You ready? 
Paul gets rid of all of this baggage that he said there, and as Pastor just said a while ago, it's dung or it's refuge, uh, whatever, okay? Put it on the, on, the, on the curb Monday morning, and the truck will pick it up and take it away, okay? So he gets rid of all this out of his life, all this out of his life. When he does that, what is he before God? Trick question, but I want you to answer it. Who said that? Say it again, Joey. He became a human being for the first time in his entire life. Before that, he was a Jew. Before that, he was God's child. Before that, he was everything. So now God can save him. Because God's not interested in saving Jews or Gentiles. He's interested in saving human beings at that point. Okay? And just remind yourself time and time again that that's who God is after, not someone who has a certain badge or certain name or anything like that. He's after just human beings. Okay? Thank you. Now, that's just confidence. Okay? Oh, yes, we're doing very well tonight. <laughs> uh, okay, so any source of pride that you might have is what we want to get rid of. Any source of pride that you might have, you, you, you want to get rid of. Okay? When you're, when you're coming to church on Sunday morning, I got this from Scott, by the way. Scott Cruz, okay. When you're coming to church Sunday morning, you see all them people that don't care at all about church and they're just dressed to go to the beach and they're busy doing something else all the time. Just remember that God loves that person as much as he loves you. Okay? God loves that person as much as he loves you. Okay, now, the tradition of Paul's execution. Uh, Uh, I, I, oh, uh, Acts is probably finished around uh, year 62 A.D. So Acts is finished long before Paul's execution. Uh, that is, uh, Luke finishes his book, and it, because when you get to the end of the book of Acts, you have Paul in prison with the gospel going out unhindered. That's the King James uh, word there. So it goes out unhindered. And that's the way he wanted to end his book. So you, Paul is still alive when the book ends. So here's, the, here's what I'm saying. There is no scripture that tells us about Paul's execution. Okay? Uh, it, it seems like a shame that we... we we should have something to tell us about his demise. So I, it's been a few years ago now. I read uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's, um, I Matanzas, I think. I don't know. I think that's the guy who wrote it. Metaxas. 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 Is that it? Is that my pronunciation? Okay, Matanzas. Metaxas. Okay, thank, thanks, uh, Daryl, for that clear, clearing up. And uh, 
I wanted to read about him because he goes from a pacifist, very serious Christian now. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, a pastor and a very serious Christian, but he goes from a pacifist in World War II to being part of the plot to uh, execute uh, Hitler with a bomb. And it goes awry, and he doesn't get it done, and he, he's arrested. But I wanted to read about that. I wanted to read, how does a person make that kind of journey? Uh, obviously, I respect him tremendously, even more now after reading the book. But I, I respect him tremendously, so I take him very seriously. What, what happened to him? And uh, mostly it was his contact with, uh, with pastors in England, but that's, that's neither here nor there. At the end of the book, it said that they executed him and throwed his body out with the Jews. And I wept. And I feel like we should have at least a word of what happened to Paul. And we don't. Somehow God wanted to leave that up there. Now, you're going to find all kinds of traditions to this, okay? The, the major tradition is that he was executed on the road uh, to Ostia. Or, you call, so they call it the Ostian Way. Uh, and one of, one of the main things here, too, uh, about you contrast very often uh, Paul with Peter. Peter, he, how did he meet his demise? Yeah, a tradition holds, probably a good tradition. You know, we don't know. Uh, so he's crucified upside down. But you can't crucify Paul because he's a Roman citizen. And so they probably cut his head off uh, on the road. Uh, yeah, I know. Just, I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah. A, a, a much easier, I know, but still... Yeah. <laughs> what I uh, what, what I uh, like to say is, in a time when men lived to be forty-five years old, it was considered uh, rarely—I mean, a fairly old person. Paul's sixty-seven, sixty-eight years old, as far as tradition has it, and they had to cut his head off and hide it to kill him. That's pretty good language. That's pretty good. Guy did really well for himself. Put that many miles on himself and everything, and they, they have to cut his head off to kill him. Yeah, just a, just a great man. I'm sorry? <laughs> I, it took me a while to figure that one out, Daryl. I got it now. I got it there. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I could just see him. Oh, my gosh. Just sling it off. <laughs> I never mind. I just, but I love that stuff. All right. Uh, so we'll wrap uh, Paul up there. Around 67, 68 is what tradition has it. Fairly reliable, I think, uh, because he just disappears. There's got to be a reason for that, um, that, he, that he's gone. Okay? Uh, any, anything else that we need to talk about or you want to say? Yes. 
probably seven years in, in uh, the university, and you had to keep your grades up and everything. Uh, but, but he had the best now. He had the best. And I, I, I wouldn't want to say that there was nothing good about that, okay? But he couldn't keep it as, as pride. He just couldn't keep it as pride at all. But, uh, it, yeah, he had, you know, the best teacher, and his daddy sent him there, I'm sure, to get the right education and that kind of thing. You know, his dad was a Pharisee, too. Yeah. So that's one of the other things he would, uh, he, he, he was a Pharisee among Pharisees, I guess. I don't know. Okay, Mike? Okay. Someone else? Let's close in prayer, Okay. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for Paul and he does inspire us and he helps us to realize very often what easy lives we live uh, and what other people have uh, done with their life in uh, relationship with you. And so let it inspire us rather than to discourage us. And we uh, give you thanks for Paul tonight, um, for his wondrous theology, for his dogged determinedness to take the uh, gospel to the Gentiles, and uh, just for his lust for life. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.